Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Today we have our weekly feature uh, with Inside Texas publisher, Eric Nolene. It's called The State of the Program. Uh, Eric, let's get right to it. Big weekend for the Longhorns. Uh, first week of spring practice now behind us as well. Big recruiting weekend. Uh, so before we get uh, going, they're back at it tomorrow, Tuesday, on the practice field for the second week of spring. Uh, everybody uh, pointing to the quarterback battle. Uh, what's it been like? What are you hearing so far behind the scenes on the quarterback battle? Uh, well, I'm, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> people have to go into this with understanding that it's going to be an evolution. I think um, people tend to go into these situations and, and they uh, they use too much of the previous reputation uh, to, to, to inform them of what's happening currently. You know, uh, Hudson Card, we saw him have his struggles last year. Uh, maybe some of those struggles were overblown, but some of them were uh, deserved and, and pretty public. Uh, at the same time, Quinn Ewers is coming in as one of the highest rated quarterback recruits of all time. And so people tend to, tend to think that means he's going to be great right out of the gates. Uh, but right now, after three practices, it's fairly clear that, that Hudson Card is ahead of him. Uh, he's doing a better job of protecting the ball. Uh, one person that was at the uh, practice on Saturday who's just a totally non-partial uh, bystander, he's not even a UT fan, uh, was telling me that Card looked more impressive. He even said that he liked his arm better, uh, mentioned his release point being higher, which, you know, if you've seen those guys throw, you know, they have different release points. Um, and right now, you know, Hudson Card is ahead of him, but, you know, it's going to be a battle, a long way to go. And I don't think we're going to have full resolution until August, uh, similar to last year. Yeah, I think it's too early to say, right? I mean, yeah. um, you've got Hudson Card that has a full year uh, beat on the experience level, and he's also older. Um, and you have a guy in Quinn Ewers that's just trying to get his feet wet. Uh, right. Granted, he's awfully talented. Um, yeah. And so I think fans that are hoping for one way or the other, uh, aren't going to get full disclosure until maybe maybe fall. Uh, but the quarterback role is something that we're certainly paying attention to uh, at uh, on Inside Texas. Um, Eric, you and I both mentioned the receivers. Uh, you mentioned it in this morning's uh, scoop piece on InsideTexas.com. I, I thought it was interesting. I mentioned it as well in my, my column today. Isaiah Nayor has really opened some eyes early uh, at Texas's practices. Yeah, yeah, I like it when you and I are both hearing very similar things, uh, you know, that tends to give me even more confidence that what we're hearing is accurate. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, you know, the way he moves is, is uh, kind of surprising for that size. Um, you know, everybody knows that he can he can go deep. I think he had, what, 12 touchdown catches on 40 receptions or something like that. So he can go over the top. But, uh, you know, what's really standing out to people that, are, that have been watching him is his ability to run the full route tree. Uh, he's a lot more of a complete receiver than I think uh, people might have thought, myself included. And maybe maybe you, I think you were mentioning Byron Pringle and some of those guys that are more of a vertical threat. Uh, he's he's probably more well-rounded than even you and I gave him credit for. Now, you know, I want to see it with my own eyes. Uh, hopefully he shows us a little bit in the spring game uh, later in the month. Uh, but for right now, everything is is uh, real positive. He's one of the first guys mentioned after, uh, after each of the three uh, practices uh, when I talk to people. So 
it's going to take a lot of pressure off of everybody. Uh, take a lot of pressure off of Nate, uh, Worthy, uh, another outlet for the quarterback. Uh, and he's going to be able to, you know, be able to uh, take advantage of the run game as well with, uh, you know, he'll still be taking those shots over the top. So he's mainly in the boundary, but they do move him around some. And I think that's probably part and parcel with them moving Worthy around too. You mentioned him being able to run the whole route tree. One of the things that I was told is that the serious nature which he takes football yeah. is, is one of those things that uh, he's not a – I'm not saying he's not, you know, lighthearted or what have you, but but he takes football pretty seriously when he gets on the practice field is what I'm told. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I think the light switch came on for him and he realized that, hey, man, everybody slept on me, but I've got a really bright future in football. And I don't think he really realized it until maybe a senior year in high school. You know, he's more of a track guy. Uh, and, yeah, he's, he came in with a pro mindset. Um, and that's one of the things we heard and I've reported this morning is that, you know, Sark, Sark is really liking the mindset that these guys are coming in with. He's feeling like he's got his guys now, you know, not that it's, you know, you, you inherit the other uh, coaches team and, and they become your team and you're, you're fully in charge of them. And there's, so there's no excuses there, but it's nice when you have your own guys, your own familiarity with them. Uh, I think that helps create buy-in. I, I think that helps uh, create energy and practice and enthusiasm. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record and say it's a new day, but that's that's the, the word behind the scenes. And I think that even comes out when some of the uh, some of the players are, are, are uh, made made available to the public. Jordan Whittington, you you were also told uh, is having a good spring thus far, just a week into it, obviously. Um, what, what was it about Jordan that they mentioned that they felt uh, pretty strongly about this week? man just bigger stronger faster and healthy and uh, you know he walked right by me the guy's a, a cyborg but he's not stiff you would look at him and see how much muscle he's carrying and you'd probably have some concerns about him being stiff he's just not um so you know he's he, he just looks really good the best he's ever been I think he think he's looking like uh, we expected him to uh, uh, out of high school and you know we've seen glimpses of that on Saturdays as well uh but he's just doing it more consistently but bigger stronger um and he, you know, he always had the right mindset and worked hard and all that. So that that's always that's still there as well. But I think he's going to play a little bit all over too. You know, we kind of pigeonhole him as a slot receiver. But you know, if they go to twelve personnel, there's going to be times where he doesn't come off the field, uh, and so he might play in the boundary as well. So, you know, if he if he stays healthy, you know, we we say that every year, I think. But um, uh, last year was a freak injury, not not the chronic injuries that he had. Uh, so I think there's some optimism that he can be healthy. And if he's healthy, he's going to produce for sure. The variety they can uh, attack you from this offense uh, this this season may be yep. eye-opening to, to a lot of people. And, and if guys like Nayor and Whittington can be part of that, uh, more power to them. Um, real quick, if you're a fan of the Longhorns and want daily up-to-date content on not only the team and recruiting, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. Uh, Eric is the publisher of that uh, 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 website. I'm also one of the columnists. We have multiple people on there every day writing content about football, about the team and recruiting. Uh, right now, we have a special for a limited time only one month, or excuse me, four months for just $1 as an introductory spe uh, special for, for uh, first-time members to Inside Texas. Please give us a shot. Um, Eric, while you were up there on Saturday for the recruiting stuff, I know you, you got a chance to see some of the guys going into practice. Anybody else? catch your eye of wow they may have transformed their bodies a little bit more than I thought um no well I mean you know the the D linemen look really good you know um if I compare the D line obviously you don't compare directly D line to, to O line because they just have different body types and you know one's carrying more weight than than the other but the D line just looked better uh to me than the O line I think and that's partly due to uh 
you know, Kyle Flood's preference for size and weight. And, you know, that's why, that's why the importance of, of body projection and frame potential become important because, you know, whatever you carry comfortably, you're going to carry athletically. Uh, and so I think some of these guys might be carrying a little bit more weight. I, if you guys remember Jake McMillan, he was a former defensive tackle that they had to move to the offense and, and they just, you know, started feeding him left and right. And he put on a ton of weight. It wasn't necessarily good weight, but it was enough for him to survive in the trenches. I think they've got, I think they've put a little bit more weight on some of these guys and maybe they ideally want to hold, but maybe that's better for the long term. you know, especially trying to assert yourself at the point of attack. But uh, the D-line looked good. You know, Justice Finkley walked by and, you know, he's, he looks like a million bucks. He, as Justin said, he looked like a college senior already. Uh, you know, uh, Baron Sorrell, he's another D lineman that looks incredibly good. You know, he's probably 6'4". He's taller than I thought. Uh, he's not carrying much bad weight either. You know, probably still still a bit of a baby too, like plenty of, plenty of growth potential, even though he's got a lot of muscle on him. So uh, the D-line the D line kind of caught me off guard. Oh, DeMarvin Overshone too. I mean, we we mentioned it after seeing a couple pictures, but he's, uh, you know, he'll never have that line linebacker, you know, thickness that you expect that you'll never have that big burly neck that you, you see with some often at the position, but he's gotten a lot of uh, lower body strength. Um, clearly what we were saying uh, uh, came to fruition that, that, that the goal was for them to get bigger and stronger. And his lower body looked entirely different. He, he, he looks like, you know, maybe not the ideal linebacker, but he looks like he can get by for sure. Um, the OL uh, DL matchups in spring training thus far or spring practice for the first week. Um, I've heard that uh, on Saturday, at least, I, don't, I can't say this for uh, the first two practices because they weren't in pads, the first two practices, right? Uh, but I heard that the defensive line got the better of the offense, uh, offensive line on Saturday. Yeah, and that's a carryover from last year. And then, you know, we, we kind of expected that's that's the, the, the horrors of zero sum football, trying to cover football practice when, you know, you're going up against your own teammate. Uh, so that makes our job difficult. Um, but, you know, we know that the offensive line isn't all that great last year. So so we don't know. So obviously we can't take it as the defensive line is good. We can all we can do is say the D, D line is the head. Uh, and that's not that's not necessarily surprising. Um, you know, I, I think um, you know, I think they're changing things up quite a bit. I don't have a really good grasp on it, so I don't want to go into too much detail. And I'm still trying to figure it out. But I think that they're doing different things up front with different looks. Um, they're moving different d defensive linemen around. It seems like they want to be bigger across the D line. So some of those guys that were playing Jack uh, were playing Buck as well. Uh, and so that's going to give them a, probably a little bit more to handle on the offensive side up front. And I think they're probably looking to be more stout against the run. But I'm still trying to get a, more, a better handle on the rotations and the looks. But some of those bigger Jacks have been playing Buck as well, which is a smaller outside linebacker. In case, or if you missed it over the weekend, Eric had a, a, a snippet on uh, Saturday uh, from Saturday's practice. Uh, Jet Bush picked off Quinn Ewers in one of the very first plays of, of scrimmage work. Um, so Longhorns uh, certainly uh, showing their, you know, it, to Eric's point, it is absolutely a zero-sum game. Yeah. Uh, one, one does well, the other does bad, and you don't know uh, really that, which is which. That, that one's hilarious because one's the golden boy and the other one has been kind of a whipping boy because, you know, I think we've probably taken his play out of context and not – you know, not realize that he was really taking one for the team by playing so far out of position. But so, yeah, that one kind of cracked me up. That was a year's first throw on the day, but he ended up making some good throws too and showing that arm, you know, he had a, he had a long bomb to, uh, to Casey Kane, who's uh, starting to get a little more notice himself too. So, you know, he's just going to, he'll, he'll keep progressing. You know, it, I don't want people to take this. Uh, that's why you got to read our, watch our stuff or read us daily, you know, because we're going to cover it as things change, as they happen, you know, we're, we're not saying that, you know, what's going on now is going to be what, what's happening in three weeks. That's why, you know, it's, it's best to check in daily. We try to provide a practice report after every single one. 
and uh, we're truly chronicling it as it unfolds. Gotcha. You hear anything on the secondary at this time? Uh, just a whole, yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're just moving guys all over the place. You know, Jade Barron's working corner and nickel. Uh, yeah, I just found out yesterday that Anthony Cook has worked some at field safety. We had kind of had him only figured at boundary safety. So that was a new one. Um, you know, they're, they're looking for their best combinations. Uh, I've heard that JD coffee has flashed quite a bit. He had two pass breakups, I believe on Saturday. Um, Jaron Thompson would probably still start ahead of him, but there's competition and, uh, at, at a minimum, they should have viable depth uh, at, at safety corner. Um, Watts hasn't necessarily overtaken uh, Jade Barron, but I think that's just whether or not they're in base or nickel. Uh, if they don't have a nickel out there, I think Barron has been at corner. But if they do have a nickel, then obviously Watts comes in. But that might that might change. It's another thing that's day to day. You know, could could start hearing something different on that in a week. They're still really looking at their different schematic packages. Um, and it's almost like I need a flow chart to keep track of where everybody is on, depending on what, what package they have in there. So there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of tinkering going on. I mentioned to Ian Boyd last week uh, that he seems really fit with the idea of Gunnar Helm uh, being one of the blockers in this right. mix. Is there any chance, I mean, Jatavian Sanders came out first as a, uh, on that first day of a, uh, uh, off season in spring practice as a starter at tight end. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley wasn't used until I think third or fourth string. It, what do you, you know, we haven't really heard that much mo more about that at this point, have we? I mean, that seems to be one of those things that we're going to follow uh, for the yeah. next three to four weeks, right? Yeah, you know, when Ian, Ian says stuff like that, and I think a lot of people are always caught off guard, Ian's seeing them more as chess pieces, as an X, as part of the X's and O's equation. Uh, he's not necessarily saying Gunnar Helm is better than Jatavian Sanders. He's saying that he would he thinks that they should probably be in 12 personnel more. And if the offensive line is going to struggle blocking, you want your best uh, blocking tight end attached. So, you know, that's that, that's Ian's always going to come across a little bit uh, contrarian. That's why we kind of joke about it. We always capitalize the I in contrarian so we can make note that his name is in that word. Uh, but, uh, you know, so that's how he sees them. I see them a little bit differently because, you know, you have to account for the talent and which, uh, which guy probably has higher ceilings and, uh, and stuff, but that's why you just want Jatavian Sanders to be a credible blocker because then he's obviously a plus plus receiver. Uh, but you know, there might be a point of diminishing returns on having so many good receivers out there. You really, you really need somebody up there that can block to really help you take advantage of the receivers that you do have. Eric, um, before we move on to recruiting storylines, you're looking forward to this week in, in, in spring ball trying to figure out, uh, you know, really what the, if the kind of seeing the, the shape of the identity that these teams are, the teams taking. I think a lot of people are thinking that Gary Patterson is influencing things. And I'm not necessarily sure that's what's going on. Um, I, you know, but you know, what coverages are they running? It seems like they're running a whole lot of quarters, which makes sense with the safeties that they have. Uh, but yeah, just trying to, just trying to really hammer down the identity. That's the fun part. You know, we're kind of drawing a sketch of the program. And all we do is have like a, an outline of the face at this point. We don't really, we don't have it in great detail at all. It's still very early. So that uh, obviously, you know, the quarterbacks, I'm intrigued on a quarterback just like anybody else. And that's obviously part of the job is our, you know, is to cover that one closely. Uh, but I, I am intrigued on that because I, I, I think, um, I think people are, I've kind of forgotten that, that Hudson Card himself is a talented, talented player. Uh, and so, you know, that's, Quinn's not going to have that that same sort of baseline advantage that he would have over a lot of quarterbacks just because Hudson also is, is talented. So that one's just going to be intriguing just to see how it plays out because, you know, I'm a fan of both those guys.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's switch now to recruiting. A uh, huge recruiting weekend for the Longhorns. Uh, more than a dozen kids on campus that were ranked four-star or above, uh, starting with Arch Manning uh, and going to a, a whole host of other guys. First, I want to mention one guy that I neglected to mention uh, in a recruiting update over the weekend, and he actually just received a new a scholarship offer from Texas. He's the punter out of South Lake Carroll. His name is Tyler White. He's also an all-district baseball player uh, for uh, South Lake Carroll. He punts for Riley Dodge uh, up there, averaged more than 40 yards per punt. Texas offered him over the weekend. Jeff Banks, the special teams coach, did that. Uh, also, uh, his only other offer at this time that I'm aware of is Miami, and the Hurricanes offered him earlier last week. So uh, his, his star seems to be rising right now. He went to a couple kicking and punting camps, I think and uh, got his name out there a little bit after doing really, really well. All right, so on recruiting, Eric, uh, let's just start with the first name out of the shoot, and that's Arch Manning. You wrote something over the weekend. Where are you at on that recruitment at this point? Uh, did you say wear, wear me out on that recruitment at this point? <laughs> I, am, I am a little worn out on that recruitment at this point. Um, now, I, you know, I think I wrote a lot of pieces about him. Uh, you know, we wrote one Friday morning, I think, obviously in the, the or no, Thursday night. He got in Thursday night, Thursday late evening. Uh, the reason for that was to uh, to wake up Friday like a football, like a Texas football player, just to get that experience. A lot of this was about uh, learning as much about the uh, Texas fo- from the football side, side of things uh, and also bonding with the players. So, you know, I think uh, a lot of people realize that he went over to the so the golf tournament that was, you know, obviously taken in the sights, but, but, you know, that was bonding as well. You know, he went with players, you know, Sam Ellinger was there and Josh Thompson was there. Uh, some of the current players were there. Of course, Hudson card was there. I bumped into him and talked to him for a few minutes, uh, you know, off, off the record, not really about football, but, um, and so, yeah, he's bonding with those guys. And, uh, you know, that was a big part of the trip. He left Saturday and I think people were kind of concerned, but that just underlines that he wasn't there to have, uh, he was there to have fun, but that wasn't the, that wasn't the purpose of the trip. And so Texas feels like it, it went well. Uh, what I wrote yesterday was that, um, you know, it's not, it wasn't some game changing visit. It wasn't, it's not viewed that way, but it, it's a necessary step in moving the ball forward. Uh, and they feel like they're in, a, in better standing than they were before. I think that, you know, that's fair. That's, that, that lines up with everything I've heard. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I, it's, you know, his timeline is still up in the air. Uh, and I know a lot of fans are waiting that A, because he's so talented, but B, because it, I think that people are, are feeling that that's when the class really, really, begins to 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 take off and start uh it seems like they're in a bit of a holding holding pattern right now uh, and a lot of that has to do with the other guys they had in campus too that are, are kind of waiting to see what what arch is going to do yeah it does i mean I, I i i'm like you it's like okay when does the i wrote that piece this morning and it was like when do when do we start seeing some of this happen for texas and, and i think you're right i think that there's some people that are waiting and see i do think there might be some offensive linemen go go down before that but, you know, we'll have to wait and see on that, too. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, Arch, and he was also there with his teammate, Will Randall. That's yep. still going well for Texas, that recruitment? 
Yeah, I think Texas is in a great spot for Will Randall. Um, you know, he's he still he still wants to see some more of LSU and Alabama, but um, I would think it's fair to say that Texas is the team to beat on him at this point. Gotcha. Um, the receivers that were in Texas at Texas, uh, it sounded like from talking to Justin yesterday that Braylon James was really excited to be on campus. And that wasn't one that we had thought was going to be necessarily in Texas's wheelhouse, but here it is with Texas with a real shot at one of the, the most talented receivers in the state, Jaden Greathouse also there. Uh, and then obviously McCall Harrison pilot from Temple yeah. also, also in town. Yeah. Yeah. Justin and I were standing out outside of the practice field and he says, Holy crap, that's Braylon James. And we're like, you know, cause we have a good relationship with Braylon and his family, but he's, you could tell he's getting tired of the, of the uh, process a little bit. And so, you know, we had, we didn't confirm that he, he came in. We wanted to confirm it because of all the talk that there's been between, you know, him looking at other schools, you know, Notre Dame is, is often mentioned. Uh, he liked Michigan uh, quite a bit at one point as well. Uh, and so, you know, we, we were wondering if Texas was, was uh, pushing hard enough. Obviously, if, you, if you br you're bringing in guys like that, I don't think you really have to wonder if they're priorities. You know, there's a reason that they brought him in on that day for, to be with that group. And uh, so, yeah, it was interesting to see him. He showed up wearing burnt orange. He was throwing the hook him. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. If he is truly getting tired of the uh, process, then we, we definitely need to, to, to stay on that one. Uh, Harrison Pilot was there. You know, I kind of view him as an as a NFL safety. Um, but, you know, I think he can clearly play a wide receiver at Texas. I have little doubt of that. Uh, he's a big priority. Uh, Sark and uh, both Gideon recruit him. Um, and then uh, Great House. Great House, I, I, you know, he's, to me, um, if, you know, for the fans that, Fans will remember uh, the Brew McCoy recruitment more than they probably remember him, the player. Uh, but he reminds me of uh, that bigger sort of slot receiver that runs really good routes. Uh, very talented player. He's also looking at Notre Dame as well. And, you know, you kind of want to be in competition with Notre Dame on some of these guys because it, it, it tells you that they're looking for, uh, you know, academics and athletics, which Texas has a, has, a, has a compelling sell for those guys, especially ones that live so close to school. You know, great houses at Westlake and uh, and, and Braylon James is at Delvell and, and Harrison Pilot. Temple's right down the road, too. Yep. Um, do you hear anything on uh, either Javen Anderson or Jamal Shaw's visit, the two uh, safeties? Uh, obviously, Anderson uh, re recruited as a spin down guy. To line yeah, up. I didn't, I, I wasn't able to talk to him. I think Jerry's going to hit up uh, his North Shore people on that one. Uh, you know, we were, I wanted to, to, to say hello to him, but they were kind of shuttling these guys around and I try you really want to stay out of the way and not get, you know, want Texas to do their thing and have, have a good visit, you know? Um, but yeah, well, J Jerry's going to get in touch with him. Jamal Shaw, we know that that one went really well. Um, Texas is in, in a good spot, but you know, something that we'll probably have to focus on in another, another show is numbers um, because numbers are going to come into play for, for Shaw uh, for, you know, really for the some of the wide receivers, maybe not the guys that were on campus yesterday or Saturday. Uh, but also the numbers are going to get real interesting at, at offensive line, I know fans probably can't believe that just because there's no commits, but you know, numbers are numbers are tighter than it looks like right now. I can tell you that. Yeah. So uh, the five offensive linemen, uh, I thought Justin did a nice job with the uh, article, uh, calling it the bodyguards. I thought yeah. that was a, that was a good a good call. Uh, what did you think overall, though, of the strategy of Steve Sarkeesian of having not only the offensive line recruits from this coming year? but also the ones that just signed with Texas. Uh, three of those showed up on Saturday as well. And then additionally, having both Sam Ellinger and Colt McCoy uh, be there uh, on Saturday too. Yeah, you know, I look at, I look at uh, putting recruiting classes together the same way you look at putting a team together. And, you know, 
what you really want is you don't want a bunch of just random individual parts. You want cohesion. And uh, I think the best way to go about that is to, to try to get consensus building going. Um, you know, pack, package deals are, you know, usually overdone, but consensus building is a very real thing in recruiting, you know, and that's where guys, you know, come, come to the mutual agreement that maybe this school is the best one for them. And, uh, you know, a school like Texas can appeal to guys in, in much different ways. Uh, so there's a broader appeal to Texas. And I think consensus building can be a little bit easier at a place like UT than, than maybe some other places. So I think they're in a good spot with building, building consensus. You know, that's around Arch, that's around uh, John T. Cook, who wasn't there. Uh, Ruben Owens, some of the and some of the offensive line, and so you have it having the offensive line in there. I think was also a reminder to Arch that hey, we're going to surround you with a bunch of big guys. You know, they brought in some of the 2022 uh, signees, Kelvin Banks, um, uh, Cam Williams was in there, uh, Connor Robertson, of course, uh, Cole Hudson's already on campus, um, and you know it was a real interesting thing when in uh, December we started hearing about Kyle Flood taking a, a little bit of a taking a, a, a role on in in that Arch recruitment, and you know what that's about? That's just about selling protection. Uh, selling those bodyguards and so that was just a visual reminder and I think they probably had him uh, lined up uh, probably around him I heard that he was in the center of all those recruits I think Tom, uh, Tom Hermans, I think Stark was sending some subliminal messages to him there <laughs> I heard uh, one other player that that I wanted to mention uh, all those offensive linemen we I hit on with uh, with uh, Justin yesterday in depth um, one other player I wanted to mention uh, that was in this weekend that apparently had a really great time was Samaj Burrell, the, the linebacker out of North Crowley. Man, that's he's a that's a kid that would go to Texas without if, if football wasn't a consideration. Uh, I just think he would go there. I could see him on the campus. Um, he reminds me of some guys that they've had there in the past. Really good, well-rounded kid. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can see Texas winning that one out, especially if they stay on him and prioritize him. It was I, I think uh, you know he's reaching out to Derek Brown, the 2022 outside linebacker commit uh about you know getting in touch with him and that's that's the type of type of guy you want uh Burrell to get in touch with you know that's uh that's part of that consensus building too you know you're, you're having the other classes recruit the the next classes so uh, I think they're in a good spot with him uh but they're gonna have to weather the storm for that recruitment you know he's got OU after him he's going to Ohio State this upcoming weekend and uh you tend to worry about that but I think Texas sets up for him naturally as a, as a school Texas has another recruiting weekend this coming weekend uh, April 2nd, uh, added one name to the list today, De Desmond Umiozulu, uh, yep. the uh, cousin of Neto Umiozulu. Desmond is from uh, the Baltimore, uh, D.C., in the D.C. area of, of uh, Maryland. He's a defensive end coming in. Um, but also Javion Toviano is another guy you wrote about that's coming in uh, this coming weekend. Seems like this may be, well, there are some still some offensive players coming in this weekend, uh, this coming weekend. It seems like it may be a little bit more defensive-oriented this coming weekend. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's safe to say that, you know, that this, this weekend is going to take more of a defensive tenor. Uh, Toviano is, you know, I, I don't know if I want to say there's an arch on defense, but that's the guy that can take as long as he wants, and they're going to put in full bore on him. You know, and uh, he really is the best corner in the state, uh, one of the best in the nation. He just moves differently. He's a smart kid. Uh, he can You can really put him in any scheme. Um, and so – you know, that it's going to be a good weekend uh, with him. I, I think that Texas um, has, has made a bit of a comeback. They had a, they had a kind of a commanding lead there just because it was a school that he was the most familiar with having two teammates being recruited by Texas heavily uh, kind of, kind of got Texas off to, to a good jump. And then I think it was probably maybe a little oversaturated, saturated with uh, UT. And so that kind of opened the door with OU and uh, Alabama is, is working hard. Um, but I think Texas is, is kind of making a comeback and, and, and doing what it takes to, to, 
to at least to, to seal that one and definitely stay in it uh, throughout. So we'll see that school. The school sets up well for him as well. He's got a brother here. He had a brother that played at Rice. So, the, you know, these are these are sharp kids. Yeah, it, I, I think you and I both see that, right? When they've had a relative that went through it before them, they get that experience that is just invaluable um, right. because it's it's one thing to tell kids that they're going to go through it. It's another thing for them to witness it firsthand. Uh, and when you have kids that are able to do that, that they, they tend to take a different uh, viewpoint of, of the whole process. Uh, Eric, once again, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, we have a special going on right now on Inside Texas, uh, four months for just $1 uh, subscription that you won't regret. Uh, Eric and I are, uh, Justin Wells, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Joe Cook, Ian Boyd, Paul Wadlington, we're all on there each and every day. We just uh, added Harrison Chu to the mix as well to do some video stuff for us. Uh, so thanks for watching uh, the state of the program. Uh, for Eric Nalene, I'm Bobby Burton. Have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.